Hey guys, it's Simon. This is Wrestling Unlimited. As it's Monday, and this is the Wrestling Wrap Up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy to watch video. We've got a number of things to talk about. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine stories to talk about. Technically 10 because there's breaking news as we go live. Still don't have many details. We'll get into it first thing first in a minute. We got a bunch to talk about. I'm glad to be back with the wrestling wrap up. Hopefully you're watching live twitch.tv forward slash PW unlimited. But if you're not, I also want to say thank you for the support. Whether you're watching later, youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited or listening on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. If you are watching live, well, you can help us out a couple of different ways. I just punched the microphone. You can help us out by hitting that uh, donate button down below. Donate to the channel. You can also help us out by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and it always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But also remember, if you are watching on YouTube, you can help us out over there by hitting that join button down below to become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Also remember to head over to patreon.com forward slash Unlimited to get all the same perks, but more directly support us. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether that be, to some people, Elden Ring is still new. Whether you're getting Elden Ring, whether you're buying an old game like God of War from 2018. Because you ramping up before you get God of War Ragnarok on your PS5. Whether you're claiming one of the free games or you're getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rumbleverse. Use our code PWUNLIMITED at checkout. And you will be supporting us without having to pay anything extra. You support us, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Also, wait, nope, not. I thought I had more breaking news coming in, but I don't. We're good. But we do have some breaking news that just broke at the top of the hour, hence why I'm starting just a tiny bit late, because I was trying to get some info on this that I really didn't get much info about. That's interesting. I might add something. I may add at the end of the show a speculation report. Like it's not super news, but it's I'm going to speculate on something. Huh. Okay, okay, okay. There's all kinds of things coming right now, but... We got to get into the breaking news, but, but, but breaking news. And that is the Triple H will not be at tonight's Monday Night Raw. WWE head of creative Paul Levesque has reportedly tested COVID positive for COVID-19 and will not be at tonight's Monday Night Raw per multiple sources. 
Now, it's unclear exactly if he had already traveled to Oklahoma City or if he hadn't even left his house yet and then found out before he got there. So we don't know all the details, but word emerged. It's 11.17 a.m. right now. Word emerges in the last 20 minutes that Triple H has tested positive for COVID-19 and will not be at tonight's Monday Night Raw in Oklahoma City. I think the original report, if I want to give correctly, did come from Mike Johnson over at PW Insider. Let me just double check on that. Yes. And Johnson did write the following in his initial report, stating, WWE Chief Content Officer and Head of Creative Paul Levesque has tested positive for COVID-19 and will not be at tonight's Monday Night Raw in Oklahoma City, PWInsider.com has confirmed. Levesque is said to be feeling well and in good spirits, but will be away from his in-person WWE duties until he has cleared the company's current protocol. We are told that he has been in contact with the company's producers and writers and feels good about the creative and the team heading into tonight's Raw, which would be the first without him since he took over his new role. The hope is that Levesque will be back ASAP as soon as he tests negative. Whether that will be in time for Friday's SmackDown in Toledo or next Monday's Raw in Charlotte remains to be seen. Excuse me, Levesque was backstage at last week's Friday in New Orleans. So, hopefully Triple H can pass this pretty quickly. I know my kids had COVID, what, two and a half months ago? They got it. Like, we found out their stepsister had it. We tested them, boom, they had it. And then within like three days, they were negative again. So hopefully Triple H can clear this and be good for Raw. I mean, SmackDown this Friday, but we will keep you guys updated on his status as far as if he will or will not be at SmackDown. And if him not being at Raw tonight will maybe cause any changes. I don't think him not being there would cause any changes, but you just never know. You really... Really, really just never know. As we move forward into the real number one story of the day, the number one story of the day has to, has to go about the day one pay-per-view because, well, it's been canceled reportedly. So initially, according to Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics, he had stated that WWE will be canceling day one this year. Well, technically next year, January 1st. Um, the event is not expected to be rebranded, and WWE currently does not have a PLE listed between Survivor Series on November 26th and Royal Rumble on January 28th. The event was scheduled to be taking place on January 1st, 2023 from the State Farm Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. According to Brian Alvarez of the Wrestling Observer, he reported that there will be big changes coming to their PLE schedule next year with likely more international events and less gimmick-based shows. Also, Dave Meltzer stated on last night's Wrestling Observer Radio that there has actually been talks of running a pay-per-view or a PLE on, no on December 27th. And if I look, that's a Tuesday. Tuesday, December 27th. Whether that would be in Atlanta or somewhere else is unknown because technically WWE had a live event scheduled on that date in, I want to say it was Detroit, and then canceled the show just this week with no word given. So if we go to WWE's schedule, if 
cards, you can just go to www.com and click tickets, and it'll give you their whole schedule. We go all the way down to December 27th. Yeah, the December 27th show is no longer there. There's December 26th and December 28th. So Meltzer said that at one point, there were discussions that the December 27th show, which is a Tuesday, would become a pay-per-view or a premium live event. I don't know if that's still the case. Meltzer said that it was still up in the air as of last night when he reported it. Whether that's going to be some sort of a New Year's show. Maybe they bring back the name New Year's Revolution. They can't call it day one because it ain't on day one. So, it's an interesting one. And we'll see if they do make this. Because here's the question. If we get a pay-per-view for the main roster on a Tuesday... What's that going to mean for NXT? Are they going to run NXT up against a main up against a main roster pay per view? Highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. But with it at least at one point being discussed, that then leads to okay. My idea would be then: how about we go no NXT on that Tuesday, but instead we run this main roster pay per view and incorporate one or two NXT matches on that show. Maybe we do an NXT title match and an NXT woman's title match, or we do some multi-man match with a bunch of different people from NXT, and you give them main roster exposure on this premium live event. Maybe you do a, I know recently WWE has been doing with Triple H pay-per-views, six shows or six matches on the card. So maybe you do an extra long one. Maybe you just make it a tiny bit longer. I know that wouldn't be... What's normally for that wouldn't be ideal on a weekday to do a longer show. Maybe instead of it going three hours with six matches, you go four with seven or eight, and you can get in those two NXT matches, or maybe throw one of the NXT matches on the pre-show. They haven't been doing kickoff matches as of late or as of like the last year or so, but We'll see how that all does go, but WWE had mulled over the idea of a Tuesday night pay-per-view or premium live event on December 27th, and just out of nowhere last week, the Detroit show on December 27th was canceled, was pulled from the schedule, no longer a thing. But I said, you take some NXT people and you integrate them onto the main roster as far as maybe this premium live event. We've also seen that. With Raw and SmackDown. Last week on SmackDown. Walksley tonight on Monday Night Raw. Cora Jade's going to be on the show. To pick uh, Roxanne Perez's opponent for tomorrow. And speaking of Roxanne Perez. He was on SmackDown last week. And reportedly really impressed officials. As of, to the point of they are really happy with her. According to PW Insider. They report that after Roxanne Perez's debut last week on SmackDown and the match itself, Triple H and others were said to be, quote, really happy with what they saw. Referring to future plans for Perez on the main roster, Sportskeeda has confirmed that there are plans being discussed to bring her back to the blue brand once again. Roxanne Perez's appearance on SmackDown is part of the build, like I stated, for Halloween Havoc as far as her picking Roxanne or Cora Jade's opponent for tomorrow night and Cora Jade picking her opponent, which Meltzer said could maybe be Rhea Ripley. So maybe tomorrow we get um, Cora Jade and Raquel Rodriguez and we get Roxanne Perez and Rhea Ripley. 
That's a rumored name that was going around this weekend with Rhea Ripley being back. Rhea Ripley no longer on the injured list and worked live events this weekend. But it looks like WWE higher-ups are very impressed and really happy with what they saw from Rox, uh, Roxanne Perez. And I said it on fucking Friday. I said it on the paper, or on the, not the pay-per-view, but on the review on Friday for SmackDown that she came off like a star. That she came off like somebody that they can capitalize on for a long time. And I mean, it's no secret. I mean, maybe that's not the right word. On the indies, coming out of training with Booker T's Reality of Wrestling, her name was The Prodigy Roxy. Like, they gave her that nickname, The Prodigy, for a reason. Because how quickly she picked this up. How quickly she got good. How fast she became a top-level star talent pro wrestler. And now we're seeing it in WWE. We saw it last week on SmackDown. Yes, she ate the pin, but that was expected because she's the new kid. She's not, as Bianca would say, goes here. She don't go here, at least not yet. So it will be interesting to see if her impressive performance from Friday leads to a quicker call-up. We don't know if she was in the pipeline to be called up recently or soon or not. But maybe with them seeing her and her impressing, they go, oh, mm, mm. we can get her up here more permanently like now. Maybe. And I said it on the review as well. She loses to Cora Jade and pop, she's on SmackDown permanently. Or Raw. I'd put her on SmackDown. But I think that's a way to go. I think it's a big way to go. He loses to Cora, because that's what you do in NXT. You lose on your way out, and then boom, your main roster. And like I said, she's only 20. She'll be 21 in, I want to say, a month. They've got her for 15, 20 years if she wants to go that long. I don't think, I don't, actually, I can't say I don't think. I don't know if she would want to go that long. I don't know if she wants to wrestle till she's 40, but WWE, don't mess her up. Don't. Piss her off to where her contract comes up and goes, nope, I'm gone. Because you lose her. Like, there's, there's talents where you go, you lose her, you're screwed. And we've seen some of those leave WWE. She's another one that, if done correctly, as far as her booking, and she is used properly, she's going to get over massive, and then she would be a just tremendous loss if they were to ever lose her. And that's all if, if she's booked right going forward, which I think Triple H could book her properly. But speaking of people in NXT and moving around and this and that, looks like some former NXT superstars have been backstage recently, according to a report this weekend from uh, John Ross Sapp of Fightful, as he states, Fightful has learned that both Bobby Fish and Anthony Greeny were backstage at recent NXT live events. Bobby Fish recently departed AEW after less than a year-long run with the company. He since joined Impact Wrestling and worked a ton of independent dates, but isn't locked down to a contract, as best we know. Fish served as a guest coach for NXT, according to sources familiar with the situation. He was released by WWE back in 2021. Anthony Greeny, only 29 years of age, was formerly known as Austin Gray or August Gray during his WWE run from 2020 to 2021. Um, since then, he returned to being heavily active on the independent scene, working over 100 matches over the last year. 
He also worked eight matches for AEW, including a couple of matches on Dynamite. Ironically enough, one against Bobby Fish. Uh, the report closes by stating those that we spoke to confirmed the two were still on very good terms with WWE. So it's interesting to see that both Bobby Fish and Anthony Greeny were backstage recently at live events. As, what it, as far as what it says, it doesn't say if they were at any NXT TV tapings. It just says recent NXT live events. So that's very interesting. And I could see them bringing back Bobby Fish for sure and maybe teaming him either with Diamond Mine or breaking Roddy off of Diamond Mine and him and Roddy being a team, kind of like trying to get that undisputed undisputed era nostalgia back or something. I don't know if that's going to be what they do, but I could see something like that happen where he and Roddy team up to be like the new version of, oh no, but I just... Mm. I just hope if they were to do something like that, they don't redo UE and then try to bring a couple new people in to reform the four-man group or make it a three or whatever. I guess if you want to just bring the two and still call them Undisputed Era, cool. Can't get Kyle O'Reilly. He's locked in until the end of 26. Can't get Adam Cole. He's locked into 27. Both have been out with injuries in AEW, so we don't know if AEW is going to add time to their contracts. So it's... Uh, I don't know, but I can see for sure Bobby Fish coming back. Anthony Greeny, he's good. He is somebody that I think the younger, newer talent can really learn from as far as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Somebody with a lot of experience to have matches with Lesser experienced guys. And no, Magma Lord. August Gray was not originally part of Diamond Mine. You're thinking Tyler Rust. But yeah, August Gray would be somebody that even if, you know, there's not immediately a plan, oh, he's going to get pushed big. He's going to be the next North America champion. Or we're going to do big things with him. I still think he would be a benefit as far as helping guys learn. As far as somebody that the newer talent can work with that has a lot of experience. Again, he worked over 100 matches just in the last year against all different types of people, all different types of guys. Let's see. Anthony Greeny cage matches. Just some of the matches he had this year. Um, Let's see. He worked in Japan for Noah. And he actually went very far in the N1 Victory Tournament. He took on a Fujita. He took on a Hideki Suzuki, former NXT wrestler, former Diamond Mine wrestler, or stable member. Uh, he had a match with El Hio Del Dr. Wagner Jr., Masato Tanaka. As far as some non-Japanese matches, he took on Vinny Massaro. You want a guy that can teach your people to have matches. Fuck Vinny Massaro. Doing great things over there at West Coast Pro Wrestling. Um, some of the other matches he had this year alone. It was in a scramble match with Willie Mack, Adam Brooks, Damian Drake, Funny Bone, and Juicy Finale for FSW. Juicy Finale, another great up-and-comer. 
Um, just looking. Uh, he challenged for the independent uh, IWTV independent title against AC Mack. I heard that was a really good match. Just a bunch of matches here that Anthony Greeny had. Multiple matches against uh, Rip Bison and JD Drake. He even wrestled Black Label Pro against Sky Blue in a 13-minute match. Kind of want to go back and see that one. We'll see if either of these men, Bobby Fish or Anthony Greeny, do get brought back to WWE through NXT. But speaking of people getting brought back, Gallows and Anderson, Luke Gallows or Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson returned to WWE last week on Monday Night Raw. And tonight, they got their return match against Alpha Academy. But we got a little more info on them coming to WWE, New Japan knowing about it, and much more from Sean Ross Sapp. Over at Fightful. A Fightful reported that Gallows and Anderson had WWE interest while they were under contract to Impact and weren't exactly shy about it. However, their Impact deals got extended by a month and they finished up in late August. They were working in New Japan Pro Wrestling without contracts and Carl Anderson is still the never open weight champion. But it's not going to turn into never going to... Let me read that. But it's not going to be the never going to defend that championship. Eiffel has reported that the Good Brothers were working in New Japan Pro Wrestling without contracts and had committed to dates through January's Wrestle Kingdom show. It was confirmed to us that New Japan Pro Wrestling was very aware that Gallows and Anderson were headed to WWE. And future New Japan Pro Wrestling dates are still happening. We've even heard from one side that there are hopes that the January 4th Tokyo Dome show is still on the table. But a lot can happen between now and then. I know Fightful had another report last week that basically Carl Anderson told them himself, I pretty much expect to be working Wrestle Kingdom this year. Uh, this report here goes on to state, we're told that Anderson and Gallows were only under a verbal commitment in Japan, and those duties are being allowed to be fulfilled. However, they have officially signed with WWE, here's the big kicker, for what is said to be a, quote, big money deal. Now, if you guys remember back in 2019, that infamous match in the, or not match, but um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Meeting with Triple H in the locker room in Japan, where he set them aside and said, Think about your families. We want to think about your families. We want to take care of your families. You stay with us. You know we're going to be here in five years. We're going to offer you. The rumored number was 750000 a year. He's like, or you can pass on that and go to the other company, AEW. But Triple H reportedly told them, but can you guarantee they will be here in five years? And that whole spiel basically got them to sign basically got them to remain with WWE to, well, only be fired six months later by Vince, unfortunately. And as we've learned over the last couple of years, Triple H had nothing to do with the firings. Triple H, for the most part, knew nothing about who was getting fired, as we learned with Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe got released, and immediately Triple H was like, well, you guys are dumb. I'm bringing him back, and I'm bringing him to NXT. So, big money deal? What does that mean? 750 Million a year? I don't know. 
but it can't be any less than 750, I would assume, especially if that was the number they were given last time. We'll see if they work the Tokyo Dome on January 4th, and hey, 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 if it was me, I would be WWE going, we got Gallows and Anderson. But we've also got other guys that you would love to have, like a Finn Balor, like a AJ Styles, like a Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, say WWE allows other guys. Because remember, Wrestle Kingdom's a Wednesday, Thursday, because it's fourth and fifth. Wednesday, Thursday. So say they allow not just the Good Brothers to go over to Japan for these shows, but they say, who else you want? And they get like a Finn Balor. Will he be Finn Balor or will he be Prince Devitt? Or will it be Finn Balor, formerly known as Prince Devitt? That's a lot of speculation and hearsay and maybes and whatnots. We don't even fully know. But it'd be cool if WWE tries to start up some little working relationship with New Japan, even just for the next couple of months up until Wrestle Kingdom. Speaking of another person that just recently returned, well, that's Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt returned at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view and then appeared last week on Friday Night SmackDown. It was initially reported by Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter this week that there may be a plan in place for Bray all the way up to WrestleMania. Yet, there may be a plan in place, but it also may not be fully worked out how they get to the end point of that plan. Dave Meltzer was on the recent uh, Sunday night's main event with TSN Radio and kind of discussed the rumor of the Wyatt Six. Now, he had originally said there was a plan for Bray going towards WrestleMania, but the Wyatt Six, who that's actually going to be and how those cast members and crew members or faction members, wrestlers, what do you want to call them? We don't even know yet. Are going to be portrayed as unknown as Meltzer stated the following. I've certainly heard names for a faction, but then I heard other people say those aren't the names. And someone even told me it's not even all worked out exactly how it's going to go down. I think it's a faction. As far as who's playing what, I don't know. It's being kept like that for a reason. I think they are trying to keep it secretive. So it's either the fact of they aren't 100% yet, because we've seen, I mean, I don't want to say it, but take Retribution, for example. The first sighting of Retribution was certain wrestlers. But once Retribution actually became a thing, and we finally saw somewhat faces, those are some different wrestlers. Like, at one point, Chelsea Green was in the initial attack of Retribution. But then by the time Retribution made it to TV and they were on Raw and they were doing things, she wasn't part of that. So maybe this is another situation of we brought these characters out, but we're still not sure who we want to portray these characters. Now, if you got a plan for Bray, cool. But now you got to figure out how all these other characters fit in. If you even want them to fit in, maybe you have them sporadically show up here or there, but not really even do much. And we don't even know exactly what this new Bray Wyatt is. Is the Bray Wyatt we saw on SmackDown not even what he's going to be? Was it just, hey, we're going to let you go out there and say whatever you want, do whatever you want. Just welcome back. And then we'll start the whole storyline next week. Could that have been it when he's like, I heard your words, Bray. And you saved me. Was that him being Wyndham Rotunda? Or was that him being Bray Wyatt, just the guy? 
and now the guy with the mask is Bray. I don't know. I don't know. There's still a lot to think about when it comes to the Bray Wyatt character. We don't know much of anything still, even though he's been on two different shows now. He really did nothing at Extreme Rules, and he just cut a thank you guys. All your support is what led me coming back. All your support is what led me to know that this is what I still want to continue to do. Because he said, maybe, maybe I retired. Maybe I was done when I was gone. Maybe I didn't come back. So, I don't know. I don't know. And we'll have to wait and see. And hopefully they don't play. Because I know they're going to play the long game with this. To try and drag it out and get more ratings. You go, we'll give them a small little sprinkle here. But you got to come back next week for more. Don't give them another small little sprinkle. But you got to come back next week for more. So, we'll see how it goes. The one person not returning to their job, at least an outside of WWE job, is Xavier Woods. And that job is G4, because G4 is no more. Revealed over the weekend, actually yesterday, that the Comcast owned company G4 TV and their newest incarnation and revival has already been shut down about a year into their relaunch. Now, the Washington Post has been covering this extensively over the last 24 hours or so and actually got note that some crew members actually quit before the actual, I guess you could say, demise of the company or network or whatever you want to call it. More specifically, crew members that were working on WWE and G4's The Arena Show. Uh, the Washington Post states, in covering the Comcast shutdown of the G4 revival, they noted that last week, Crew, the crew behind the WWE collaboration, WWE XG4's The Arena, actually quit before the shutdown of the video game-themed network. There was no further details regarding the WWE series, which was described in the article as a, quote, crucial deal for the network. There were four to five episodes already produced up to the date of the, of the I guess you say, crew quitting last week. The show was co-hosted by Xavier Woods and Gina Darling and featured WWE superstars like Big E, The Street Profits, Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, and more. Now, Xavier Woods himself reacted to this news because he was on an airplane when the news broke. But he reacted to the news basically with this tweet stating, let me pull it up here on the screen. I can get it to go on a flight or on a flight. Currently decided to get the Wi-Fi so I could shoot a text out of habit, open Twitter. And then it's just, Oh, so yeah, it sucks that a lot of people are now out of work. We had seen recently in less than in like the last month, there had been a lot of layoffs at G4. A lot of people have been laid off. And it's not just G4. There's a lot of video game outlets, Fanbyte. Um, there's a couple others as well that laid off a bunch of people. No real reason was given as to why all these layoffs were happening. With G4, now we know. The layoffs were happening because they were probably thinking, okay, we do these layoffs. Maybe we can cut some cost. And nope, didn't cut enough. Didn't cut enough. So we'll see where... All this goes, Xavier Woods again, sucks for him. He was loving the gig at G4. It was a lifelong dream of his to work for G4. He got to do it. Now we'll see if maybe the 
time he was spending at G4 is put into up, up, down, down. I know there was a lot of time spent away from his family to do, you know, on the road with WWE two, three nights a week and then fly to LA to do G4 stuff. Then he'd be home for like a day or two and boom, he's back out to SmackDown. So, hey, the one positive is maybe he can be home with the family more. But speaking of somebody that may be getting some more time at their job, that's JBL. Yes, John Bradshaw Layfield. According to a new report from Mike Johnson over at PW Insider, he does state that there are some plans for JBL to be used going forward. And my notes just froze. Give me one second, guys. Here we go. Uh, the report states that WWE uh, has imminent Nope, it froze up on me again. Give me one second to refresh this. All right, it says WWE reportedly has immediate plans for the return of former WWE World Champion and WWE Hall of Famer John Bradshaw Layfield. Now, on the October 14th episode of SmackDown, there was a segment where JBL's limo approached Baron Corbin, and he was basically like, yeah, you need some help? Get in. Now the word is that JBL may be used on the Raw brand going forward. There were backstage talks about JBL being present at Monday Night Raw in some capacity over the past several of weeks, but it was unclear exactly why he was there. Now, Corbin is a SmackDown wrestler, yet, as we've seen, guys can switch back and forth. Rey Mysterio just went to Raw, I mean, from Raw to SmackDown, so maybe with Mysterio going to SmackDown, Corbin's going to go to Raw and show up with JBL, and then maybe he could be a philanthropist like JBL and this. And I don't know, but it's an interesting one. They're still possibly doing the whole JBL Baron Corbin stuff, but, 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 but maybe I'm on Night Raw instead of Friday Night SmackDown. This is still kind of a not much detail report. It's just that there's possible immediate plans to use JBL going forward on the Monday Night Raw brand. Is the original there a report here also doesn't state if it's with Corbin or not. But the last time we saw anything with JBL, it was with Corbin. So that's why one would assume it could be Corbin. And as we move into our final actual news story. Looks like Warner Brothers Discovery is so happy with AEW, they're creating a documentary about AEW. According to a new report from Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful, he does state, quote, Things are looking good for All Elite Wrestling and Warner Brothers Discovery. AEW talent and staff were informed this week that AEW set to produce a documentary show that will focus on the behind-the-scenes aspects of a group of all-elite wrestling talent. We're told that the talent were given the option to not be involved in the documentary. Filming is set to start in November at the Baltimore AEW Dynamite and runs six weeks through the AEW tapings in Garland, Texas on December 14th. Tony Khan will serve as an executive producer for the show, with Sam Burns, executive producer of Shed Media, helping out as well. The production is in collaboration with both... The production is in collaboration with both Shed Media and Warner Brothers Discovery, 
the latter of which airs AEW Dynamite and Rampage Weekly. Those that we spoke to say that the show will air in 2023. So we had heard actually a lot recently that Warner Brothers Discovery was looking for cheaper content, more unscripted content, because unscripted content a lot of times is cheaper. You don't have to have a bunch of writers. You don't have to have a lot of plans as far as just go out there and shoot. Sometimes you have like, okay, this episode's all going to be about this happening at this show or these two wrestlers are the main focus for this episode. It's a lot easier and I guess you could say less expensive to just go out there and shoot these reality-based shows than a whole, we got to get a writing staff and we got to get a continuity guy for the writing staff. We got to get this and then we got to get this and we got these, you know, a soundstage to film in. No, no, no. AEW's already got all their cameras. Maybe they use their cameras. They're bringing in Shed Media. So maybe Shed Media is one that films it. And so 2023, cool. I'm interested. If it's in any way as good a quality as the, what was it? Roads to the Top show that they had. Then I'm down. Because that was really good quality, really well filmed, really well edited show. So if they do something similar as far as the concept of just following these wrestlers around, whether that is at the shows backstage or maybe even while they're traveling to the shows, maybe like one episode, it just follows. And I know people don't want to hear this, but Sammy and Ty. Maybe you got Sammy and Ty and you've got, I don't know, Anna Jay and Jungle Boy. And it's like their week leading up to getting to Dynamite, what they have to do once they get to Dynamite, and then what they do on Dynamite. That would be a really cool concept where each week you focus on three or four different wrestlers. You follow them throughout like a, I don't know, Friday to Wednesday, what they do in their normal day, then what they do to get to the show and what they do at and on the show. I think that would be a really cool behind the scenes, not just behind the scenes of how AEW runs backstage on a Wednesday, but how the wrestlers themselves, you know, have to deal with the whole, I'm a pro wrestler, I'm technically a celebrity. I got to travel a lot for my job. So here's how I travel. Here's what happens when I travel. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad traveling. You know, I think that would be a really, really cool idea. Finally, in a real new story, WWE has trademarked the name Lyra Valkyra. I saw somebody on Twitter. I just wanted to bring this up because I thought it was funny. Someone goes, uh, and I don't have the tweet here anymore, but it said vaguely like Lyra Valkyra. Sounds kind of like a playoff of Taya Valkyrie. Could Taya, the former Frankie Monet, be coming back to WWE? I don't know. I don't know. But Lyra Valkyra, interesting name. Let me see something really fast. Lyra Valkyra. Um, yeah, I ain't seeing really much of anything on this. No one really speculating other than that one Tyra, Taya Valkyrie tweet. So, yeah, I just thought that was an interesting name. And it, and because when, when I read that, it goes to Taya Valkyrie, Lyra Valkyra. I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe, but probably not. 
before we wrap everything up, I do want to say tonight is Monday, and that means tonight is Monday Night Raw. Luke and I will be back tonight reviewing that show, bringing you all the news from Monday Night Raw. And on tonight's Raw, we've got Brock Lesnar appearing, because, well, Bobby Lashley called him back. Elias will be making his big return, because he's no longer Ezekiel, thank God. Uh, action is concerned. Gallows and Anderson will be taking on the Alpha Academy, and the U.S. title will be on the line when Seth Rollins defends against Matt Riddle. With that, guys, that's going to wrap up the wrap-up. That's all we got for you today. I want to say thank you if you did join us here live, twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited, or you watched or listened later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. With that, guys, have the great rest of your Monday. I'll see you a little bit later on for Raw. Have a good one.